Is Debbie still at her conference? No, 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 no. She's, she's still... I'm getting, I get messages, but I don't speak no. How's it, Debbie? Hope you're having a wonderful day. I can't believe you didn't make sure, but it's cool. <laughs> okay, so let's have a look. Um, so we know that a person needs to wait. Why does a person need to wait? So either because a person needs to wait because um, when a person waits, what's going to happen? The actual pieces of meat is going to? Go bad. Either they're going to go bad. And remember, like we said, is that remember, when it comes to halakhas of kashras, what is the one thing that a rabbi is going to ask you before any other question is asked? Remember, one rule. If you cook meat in a milk pot or milk in a meat pot or pyro in a meat pot, what's the first question they're going to ask? How many hours? How long ago did you use that appliance? And why did we say that's going to be an integral question? Because up to 24 hours if you prepare Oh, because we said, after 24 hours, that which has been absorbed into the pot doesn't have the potency in order to go about and spread its flavor. So therefore, we're a lot more lenient. So, so too, if you've got meat in your teeth, I mean, it's a bit gross, but like after a significant amount of time, even though you might have a, bultong, a piece of bultong stuck in there from three days ago, it doesn't necessarily have the same potency in order to go about and affect the mixture with milk in itself. So that's the one problem. Okay, what else could be one of the reasons that we wait? Because the, the, the taste is gone. So the taste is gone good. Now, digestion, right? Digestion. Can I just, just take this? Sorry. Dan, you Okay. I'm just in the middle of a shear. Can I, can I just finish it? Okay, as long as you're okay. I'll speak to you now. Bye. <laughs> what? No privacy. Hey? You got all eyes on me. No, she's like 39 and a half weeks pregnant. And what happened to... So, I just... My husband, she, a rabbi, was giving a shear and for yeah. some reason his phone was face down, didn't see the call, and was late for the... She, she didn't get out of driveway. Yeah, yeah, that's... Anyway. He delivered it in the driveway, the baby. He delivered it himself in the driveway. Oh my gosh. Rabbi, bring it to the court. Hope so. Please God. No, no, it really is. It really, really is. Please God. So that, that's why I wouldn't answer for anyone else. Sorry, Debbie. <laughs> okay. Um, so also we've got the digestive system, right? Is that the assumption is that once the meat has been digested, then it can't necessarily go about and mix with milk. So therefore, the amount of time that you're going to wake... Right, could be connected to the digestive system in, in, in itself. Right, that's a separate machloket. If we worried about the digestive element, or we worried about the actual meat that's stuck in there. Right, a, a possible ramification is that if you remove the meat, even though it's not connected to the digestive system, it's still going to obliterate the meat. But if it's connected to the digestive system, then it doesn't matter that the meat has actually been removed from one's teeth. What does a person still need to be worried about? The actual um, digestion taking place. Okay. Right? That, that's a separate discussion in itself. But we do know that a person needs to go about and wait between meat and milk. Now, the question is, how long does a person need to wait for? One hour. Who waits one hour? Okay. Where is that from? Is that a legitimate? Let's have a look. Okay, we're in a section called how long to wait. Right? I think it's on page um, 69. How long to wait? Okay, Rabbi Rex, one hour is uh, very interesting. Okay, we'll see where that comes from. How long to wait? Can you see that? Everyone have it? 
Okay, so let's have a look. So let's go straight into the sources, the Gomorrah itself, in order to understand what this waiting period is about and how long a person should wait. Can you see there's a Gomorrah in Talmud Bavli Masech the Chulin? Can you see it starts Amar Avchista, a little orangey block? Orangey peachy. The Gomorrah says, Amar Avchista, Avchista says a statement. As Achal Basar, if a person eats meat, does that include chicken or not? Yes. Includes chicken? A person is prohibited for eating cheese, right? Is, is, that, a, is that an obvious statement? So why did the Gemara have to say it if it's obvious? The Gemara wouldn't teach us something that's obvious. So remember, the assumption is, is that you would be able to eat milk afterwards. Because what is the prohibition with regards to meat and milk? Is eating it together. Here you're not eating it together. And not only eating it together, but a person needs to cook it together in order for it to... A person needs to transgress only when it's cooked together. If a person has a cold beef patty and a cold piece of cheese, right? That's not a Torah uh, prohibition. If you have meat and you put milk together and you cooked it together, that's when the problem in itself would be. So that's why the Gemara had to tell us that if a person ate meat, you can't eat cheese. Um, okay. Now, let's try to understand a little, a little bit of the Gemara. Right? Um, can you see Amamar Ukva? Right? The peachy block. Rab Ukva says the following statement. I'm considered vinegar, the son of wine for his master. Right? This is the way that uh, the Gomorrah actually just says, um, use a, homil a homilitical approach. Is that obviously we don't read it literally, but it's just saying is that my father is wine. I takes things seriously. I'm vinegar, which is the dregs of wine, and I'm a little bit light in what I perform. Now, what is this um, referring to? Marukva says, De'ilu Abba, if it was my father, i.e., Marukva's Abba. When he would go about and eat meat, what would happen? The very next time that he would go about and eat milk was when? 24 hours later. So the first source that we see with regards to waiting is 24 hours. Right? And that was the father of Mavurkva. But with regards to myself, I wouldn't necessarily eat milk the same sauda. If I'm eating a meat meal, I wouldn't eat meat, milk at that suuda. But the very next suuda I would go about and eat. So there's two statements here. What's the first statement? Okay, he's vinegar compared to wine. But the first statement is, Marukva, he waited how long? It's Marukva's father. So Marukva's father waited 24 hours. But Marukva himself, how long did he wait? Till the next meal. So what is the Gemara telling us? He was stringent that he didn't eat meat and milk at the same meal. Would it have been a Torah obligation, Torah prohibition to eat meat and milk at the same meal? No, why? Because what's the only Torah obligation, Torah prohibition? To cook it together. So he's saying that I wouldn't eat it at the same meal, but what would I do? The next meal I would go about and eat it. Okay. So now let me ask you something. What seems to be... Is the halocha, is it seemingly like the father of Marukva? Or is it like Marukva himself? Right? Marukva. Because remember, Marukva even said that my father is going stringent. Right? He needed to wait 24 hours. But the halocha is, like me, I wait between meals. Yeah? Now, that's the halocha. What does a person need to go about and do? A person needs to go about and wait between meals before a person consumes milk. What's the question, ladies? 
Uh, how long is, is the next meal? Oh, how long is the next meal? Once we understand the difference between next meal, then we can understand how long a person needs to wait. Now, if you read it in a simplistic manner, what does it mean till the next meal? What are, what are two ways of understanding till the next meal? What's the first way of understanding it? Is a meal, it's a meal snack? No, it says, no, bring in snacks. It says, you can eat it until you can, the next time you can eat milk is till the next meal. So what does that mean? When you just read it, not analyzing, what does that mean? Whenever you have the next meal, right? So if I have meat at 12 o'clock, right, on, uh, on Shabbos afternoon, I come home from Shul, I meet at 12 o'clock. Let's say, um, and at 1 o'clock, I feel like having a, no, not I feel, but I have my next meal. Halachically, would I, be, would I be able to eat milk then? Yes, because if you're looking at it in a simplistic view, a person goes about and eats meat, and then a person waits till its next meal. So according to the first interpretation, what is it going to be dependent on? When the next meal is. When the next meal is. Hear that. What is another way of understanding it? I think someone um, uh, hinted to that. What's the other way of understanding that? doesn't mean the next meal but meal symbolizes a measurement that a person needs to wait yeah so meal doesn't mean actually the next meal but it means that there's a certain measurement a person needs to wait between eating and between eating then a person can go about and consume milk here are the two ideas Tom what is the measurement of time we need to have a look so what is the first way of understanding between meals, Ilana? What is the first? Way of understanding between meals? Um, you said it. So it could be time. Yes. Right, between meals is a measurement of time. So according to, if it's a measurement of time, if a person has a next meal 30 seconds after eating meat, is that considered the next meal? No, because meal is a measurement of time. But you could interpret it that between meals is what? Not a measurement of time, but literally what? Between meals. Between meals. So as soon as a person eats the next meal, that next meal can be con- a person can consume milk. Hey? Makes sense. So how do we pask it? How do we pask it? Let's look into the Rishonim and the practical halachot. Can you see the Rishonim and the practical halacha? Okay. So the, the, the way that the structure works is the Gomorrah makes a statement. And what was the Gomorrah statement? The Gomorrah statement is that Mar Ukva went about and waited between meals. Now, the, we have the Rishonim, the early commentators, that are going to come and debate what does it mean that he waited for an early meal. Okay? Or between meals. Let's have a look at the opinion of Tosfot. So what, what about if they used, let's say, don't you have to like bench within a certain time after eating? Good. But, so what does that have to do with anything? Good. So if you had to, let's say, have benched, then maybe... That constitutes the, end of the, the end of the meal. So then can I eat mukshra after I've benched? Um, That's also important. How do you constitute the end of the meal? From the beginning or from the end of the meal? From the beginning or the end of the meal. From the beginning of the eating or the end of the meal. Oh. And that's something you need to ask your shalas. You, you always ask your, your spouse, your husband, whoever it might be, you know, you ask them, when did we finish eating meat? Is it when we finished eating meat or when we started eating meat? 
Okay, good. Let's have a look. But that's an important element. If we're going to say that it's between meals, actual meals, when does, when does a meal end? Let's have a look. Let's have a look at Tosfot. Can you see Tosfot? It's a little green box. Can you see over there, guys? So Tosfot says, right, in commenting on waiting between meals, he says, it doesn't mean that a person needs to go about and wait another meal. Even if a person wants to immediately eat another meal, if he removes the meat from the table and makes a blessing, i.e. if he benches, it's going to be completely permissible. According to the word. No, right? He's not worried about the taste. So what Tosfat is saying the following is that all the person needs to do is literally wait till the next meal. If a person decides to eat meat at 11 a.m. in the morning and then wants to have another meal at 11:30 a.m., all a person needs to do is remove the milk from the table, complete the meal that they originally had. How do you complete that meal? By benching. And then you can have another meal. And what can you have at that meal? Milk. No problem. Because according to the way that Tosis understands it, is the explicit way that we've read it. It's not dependent on a time measurement. It's dependent on between meals. Right? So as long as you've clearly completed the meal, what does that mean? Good. Does that make sense? No. Why not? Because, as I said, we're based on what Rashi and the Rambam say. So Rashi and Rambam, remember, Rashi and Rambam both say that you need to wait between meals. What is considered a waiting? Just between the meals. Once a person has waited... So, once again, is that I think the way that Tosis is understanding it, that since it's only rabbinic in nature to have meat and milk together. The only reason a person is going to be waiting between meat and milk is as a safeguard for a person not to come eat meat and milk together. What is considered enough in order to be a safeguard? When you finish the meal. Ah, what about the taste? Taste isn't a problem. Why isn't taste a problem? Because it's just rabbinic. So as long as I've gone about and had a separation between meals, it's fine. Right? So according to the opinion of Tosis, and that's the way that Tosis understands it, la halocha, is that as till a person has the next meal, it's going to be um, prohibited to eat milk. Yes, good. We'll see that in a moment. But according to the way that Tosis understands it, the person's had meat. As long as they finish that meat meal, they can go about until they started the next meal, they can go about and have milk. Very interesting. Yeah. Good. If we had to stop there, it would make, would make life a lot easier for all of us, right? Eh? But uh, because we're talking about uh, Jews, obviously there's going to be a uh, Balplukta, someone who argues with this. So let's have a look. We're going to look at the opinion of the Rambam. The Rambam says the following. Can you see the little green, uh, the green Rambam? Mi shachal basar. Have it over there, guys. Mi shachal basar. Betchila. We've actually seen this Rambam before. If a person goes about and eats meat, 
bain basa behemah bain basa off, whether it's meat or chicken, right? Once again, meat and chicken is considered the same. Lo yochel acharav chalav, person isn't allowed to have milk afterwards, at sheer bainahem, until that person waits, kadeh shir sudacheres. The amount of time that it takes to eat another meal. Vahu kamo, and this is like sheishas, like six hours. Why? As we know, congruent with the Rambam's opinion, is that if a person has got meat stuck between the teeth, then wiping the teeth away is not wiping the meat away isn't necessarily going to help, and therefore a person needs to wait. So, according to the opinion of the Rambam, what do you feel that he's holding? Is that between meals? What is the suggestion? The suggestion between meals isn't literally between meals, like the opinion of Tosudi's understanding, but between meals actually means between meals, right? And between meals is a time measurement, not an actual eating. And what is that time measurement according to the Rambam? Six hours. Is his because of the residue or is his because of... Little pieces, little pieces. Right. So therefore, according to the Rambam, does he agree or disagree with Tosos? He disagrees. According to Tosot, it's going to be dependent on when you finish your first meal and start your second meal. As long as you've ended the first meal and started your second meal, a person can eat milk straight away. According to the way that the Rambam understands it, what happens? It's not dependent on when you eat the next meal. It's really going to be dependent on what? You need to wait a special time measurement. And how do we call the time measurement in the, in the, in the language of the Gemara? Bain su'uda la'suda, between two separate meals. What is that time measurement? Rambam says, kamor shayshahs, like six hours. Okay, kamor shayshahs. Can I just ask you something? Yes. What if, like, and, you know, I mean, not only then, but in future times, there was a way of getting rid of either the meat... Uh, the lingering taste, or the the or the meat pieces, like completely, you know, like like if, if a person if a person had to go like to the, you know, the uh, oral hygienist yes. and go for like a proper yeah. So so but let's say I set up a station where people could eat meat. Do people need a cup of coffee that badly? Huh? So look. Yeah. Yes, they are. And I often don't eat meat because I want tea. Or, um, yeah, yeah, a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm saying if I set up some kind of a station, people could pop in and they could have their mouths cleaned uh, perfectly. So, so, so therefore okay. there was, or let's Good. say with further technology, there was a way in which their mouths would be able to be cleaned properly. Okay, good, properly. good. What do, what do you ladies think and gentlemen? No, probably just so long as you floss. Then, then I can have milk straight off the meat. So what Ilana is asking is that even according to the Rambam, even according to Rashi, if you go about and proper do uh, oral um, hygiene, right, where there's no residue or pieces of meat, is that going to be halakhically acceptable to have milk afterwards? This, this is a different discussion. Okay. But this is a different discussion um, as to how long a person needs to wait. She's asking fundamentally. So what do you think that's going to be dependent on, ladies? I think what it's going to be dependent on is it linked to digestion or not. 
Well, I don't know, but if you also, I don't know if you, if, I mean, if you ever vomited six hours after you've eaten something. Okay. Things still come up from your six-hour thing. Okay. So, so the meat's not gone completely so after six hours. Can after. it import taste into something else? So that's, that, I don't think so. So that we're not worried about that. Okay. So I think the, to answer your question is going to be dependent on if it's connected to digestion. If it's connected to digestion, then the mouth, having pieces of meat stuck in your teeth and the flavor of meat lingering in your mouth is only a symptom of what? Of the digestion not taking place yet. And therefore, even if you go to the oral hygienist, right, still so it hasn't been digested. Exactly. Right? But if it's not connected to digestion and rather it is connected to the fact that you've actually got pieces of meat stuck in your teeth, then the oral hygienist will work, right? Um, so, but I think the way that we do understand it is it's connected to the digestive system. So therefore, even if you clean your mouth properly, there's still an element of digestion, but it's a, it's a good point. Okay. Well, why do they make that law that it, it should be digested properly? As a head that you don't eat all the meat together? Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a big ask. It's a big ask, but uh, they do, right? Completely digested, lest you might not come to eat it together. Yeah, it's a, it's a big stretch. Who is the one that is about the digestive system? It's a, it's a Rambam, isn't it? No, uh, Rambam doesn't follow the digestive system. Um, who was it? Uh, it wasn't Rashi and it wasn't the Rambam. No, Yonason in his crazy place. So do you reckon that after three hours, if you vomited up, or after two hours, that it can impart the taste more than if you did it after six hours. I'm saying not really. So you're asking why six hours? Okay, that's what we're trying to understand. Yes. Okay, Glenda, that's exactly what we're trying to understand. I understand that six hours is more of a meal, is more of a meal waiting time. But if you're linking it to the digestion issue. Then, then why six? Okay, good. That's what we're going to say. And not milk after meat. Okay, good. Okay, so we're going to deal with that. We're going to deal with that. Good. Hard cheeses. Yes. Okay, good. 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 Hundred percent. 100%. Very good. So these are all pertinent questions that we're going, to, we're going to decide. But where we're up to until now is the following. Is that we understand that we have to wait. Why do we have to wait? Either we need to wait because there's pieces or because of the residue. Right? Whether that's connected to digestion or not, that's a discussion. Now that we know that we need to wait, the question is how long do we need to wait for? So we have an opinion of Marukva's father that waited for 24, hour, 24 hours. We don't abide by that. We don't wait for 24 hours. We follow the opinion of Marukva. Marukva waited between meals. The question is, what does between a meal mean? Does it mean actually between a meal? Therefore, till my next meal I can't eat milk, but when I get to my next meal I can? Well, is between meals, is that just a measurement for time? So therefore, even if I do have a meal 15 minutes after I've eaten that meal, that 15 minutes gap isn't going to make a difference because the measurement of time between meals is what we what we worried about. So we have two opinions. Opinion of Tosis saying no, when we read between meals, it's between meals. And therefore what? Therefore, till a person has his next meal, he can't have milk. But if a person chooses to have milk straight away, no problem whatsoever. But then we have the opinion of the Rambam. The Rambam says no. Right? Is that between meals is not an actual between meal. It's a measurement of time that a person needs to wait in order for the other, the meat, to 
be dislodged from their teeth or for the digestive system to take place. And how long is between meals, that measurement of time? Six hours. Six hours, according to the Ramba. Let's have a look, guys. Page 71, right? Page 71. Ilana, go for it. This is the practical halakha. Do we follow Tosis or do we follow the Rambam? Now that we have seen the two sides of the debate as to whether we should wait a set amount of time, perhaps six hours, or simply until the next meal is started, let us see what the Shulchan Aruch rules in this case. Look at the quotes from the Shulchan Aruch, Rema, and Shach, and determine which opinion each follows. As you see, the Shulchan Aruch has been divided up into three sections. The first section of is the, ru the ruling of Shulchan Aruch. The second section is Rema's first opinion. And the third section is Rema's second opinion. Okay, so let me just put you into context of who the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah was. Right, I think we discussed it last week briefly, but the Shulchan Aruch, Rav Yosef Karo, he was the first individual who came about and authored a code, a concise code of Jewish law, taking the early opinions and concising them into what the halacha is. The problem with that is that the Shulchan Aruch, he was a Sephardi by nature. So therefore, the majority of what he brings down for in the halachic process is Sephardi in nature. So Sephardi normally um, hold by the Shulchan Aruch. Ramo, Rav Moshe Isilis, he lived in Krakow, um, at the same time as the Shulchan Aruch, he needed to go about and create the Shulchan Aruch for Ashkenazim. So originally what he wanted to do is write a separate Shulchan Aruch, but that would have created a lot of havoc and pandemonium. So what he did, he added notes onto the Shulchan Aruch of Rav Yosef Karo, and we normally follow the Ramo with regards to what an Ashkenazi should abide by. So let's have a look at what the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramo brings. Shulchan Aruch. Achal Basar, you have the first, the, the first, if a person eats meat, Afilu Shulchayev whether it be meat or whether it be chicken. Lo yochel gvina acharav shouldn't eat milk afterwards ad sheisha until they wait six hours. So who is the opinion of the Shulchan Aruch following? Rambam. The Rambam. The Rambam. Right? Is a meal based on time or is a meal based on a meal? According to the Shulchan Aruch. The time. Just exactly like we saw in the Rambam. Right? Just we saw in the Rambam. Okay. The Ramo. Whenever you say Hago, Hago means a note. And this is in reference to the note of the Rav Moshe Islis. There are those that say, that you don't necessarily have to go about and wait six hours. Who, who are those opinions? Who is that? Tosvot. Rach, Miyad. Immediately after you've eaten your meat meal, in Silaik, if you remove the meat from the table, Ubarach, Birkat Amazon, and you bench, what are you doing by benching? You're concluding that meal. Mutal Just rinse out your mouth. And what can you do? Eat milk. Right? This is the opinion of the Ramo. Right? He's following toast. Oh. And the minhag, the custom, is the following in the area we live. What, what was he referring to? Krakow, Poland. Lahamtin achar achilata basar. After we eat meat, we just wait an hour. Why do you think even wait an hour? In principle, who's he holding like? In principle, he's holding like Tosvot, right? That you don't have to wait anything. But he wants to be a little bit vigilant for the opinion of the Rambam. So he's saying, we don't have to wait that, that six hours. But just wait a little bit in order to go about and keep that opinion into, in, into account. 
But in reality, right, what would he hold between eating meat and milk? The Ramor of Moshe Isilis. Just finish the meal. And after that you can eat milk. Mihu, however, Trichim Lavaret Gamke Brikatavas Hamazon Akharabasar, right? You need to make sure that you finish benching after your meat meal. Da'az have a suda sacheres because that constitutes the end of your first meal. The mutalachod ledivraham akilin, and then there's no problem with regards to eating milk afterwards. So, according to the Shulchan Aruch, how do we go about? How do we go about? And Paskin? six hours, like the Rambam. So, is it based on meal or is it based on time? Time, good. The first opinion that the Ramor brings down is how do we Paskin? Like the opinion of Tosfot, it's got nothing to do with time. Rather, it's got to do with between meals. So therefore, in reality, a person can go about and eat milk straight afterwards as long as he's concluded his original meal. But in order to give a little bit of poignancy to the first opinion, we just wait an hour, right? But the Ramor brings down a third opinion. Vayesh medaktakin. There are those people who are careful. Lahantin To wait six hours after eating. Cheese. And this is the correct way to do it. It's just cheese, probably. All milchiks. All milchiks. Right? So, how does the Ramor conclude? Even though, fundamentally, he holds like the opinion of Toswat, that a person does need to wait as long as they've gone about and finished that su'uda, he says that it's better to be stringent and hold like the opinion of the Rambam to wait six hours. Right? So fundamentally, what is the Ramah holding for us Ashkenazim? Right, that you don't need to wait, you just need to finish the meal. But in order to be stringent, what do we do? We wait, six, we wait one hour, correct? We wait one hour. But he says, right, that people are careful to wait six hours, and that's what we do. Okay. So we've got minimum one hour, right? But you should try for six hours. Now, why is it important in order to understand this? It's important to understand this because in different situations, if there's ever a safek, if there's ever a doubt, whether you ate milk, whether you ate meat, when you finished, when you didn't finish, we need to remember that at least for Ashkenazim, is that in principle, a person doesn't have to wait. The fact that we're waiting six hours is just being stringent, according to the Ramah, for the opinion of the Rambam. But in essence, that's not how we hold. Right? So if we just had to close it right now, if we had to close it right now, Ashkenazim wait six hours just like this fire do. The question that we have to raise, and we'll begin this next week, is where does the three hours come from? So at this moment in time, we've actually got three time periods that a person can wait. What's the first time period? Nothing. 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 The second time period? One hour. And the third period? Six hours. Okay. The question is, where does three hours come from? Okay, and we'll do that next week, please, God. So who, who do they follow, like the Danish and the Flemish? So we're going to see, but they follow like the first opinion in the Ramor. The first opinion in the Ramor is a, is, is a legitimate reason. It's, it's, sometimes people say it's more legitimate than three hours because it's actually, it's actually stated in the Ramor. Right, so the Dutch... Just the Dutch, they hold like the first opinion in the Ramor that one hour. Thank you, Debbie. Have a good day. <laughs> Thank you.
Ja, dat is wel heel erg goed. 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 Ja,